You know, we've long heard the expression that it's not what you know, it's who you know. And what if that's true? Well, let's take that a step further. And what if it's not just who you know, superficially, but the meaningful relationships you've built over time that really leads to long-lasting success? Gotham Ganglani describes how focusing on building relationships, truly collaborative and giving relationships, has enabled him to grow the family's bookstore into an international events business focused on transforming lives. In this episode, Gotham tells us about his new book called Breaking Bread. He shares what happened when he made a list of 100 people to call just to say hi. Three powerful questions he used that leveled up his business consistently over time. And the simple but profound advice his dad gave him as a teenager that's really been the foundation of his personal and professional success ever since. I'm excited to share this episode with you. Let's play bigger, do better, move the world. Perfect Action. This is Brock Edwards. And of course, this is the show where we're looking for ideas and information and inspiration to help us get out of our own way, to help us move forward in whatever we're trying to do in our lives, and whether that's in business or career or personal. And today's guest is Gotham Ganglani. Gotham, can you introduce yourself really quick? Thank you very much, Brock. Yeah, I mean, uh, personally, I was born and brought up in London, UK, where I lived uh, for 20 years before moving to Dubai and joined the family business of transforming lives, both personally and professionally. Um, and uh, now more recently, I've moved to uh, Mumbai, India. I've uh, been living here for the last year. I'm married for over 20 years, have two daughters who are age 15 and eight, and uh, absolutely grateful for the business we're in because we're consistently transforming both lives and companies by bringing the world's greatest thought leaders to a space to kind of learn, inspire, educate, um, people, you know, to solve challenges and uh, transform, uh, you know, their lives. So, yeah, that's that's a quick summary for you. All right. Well, well Gotham, so wh- what kind of business is it? So you're bringing people together. Is that webinars? Is it events? So that's evolved over the years, Brock. I mean, when we started as 27 years as this father and son family business started in 1993 in Dubai. When we started out, it was a business bookstore. So it was really about books, audios, videos about personal and business transformation. So you had your Dale Carnegie, Norman Vincent Peale, Napoleon Hill, Stephen Covey, to name a few. And that's what it started off with. And we did that for a number of years. Um, and year 2000, we then said, what next? The magic question, dad and me always ask him, what next? What, what else can we do to add more value? And we said, how about we bring the, the authors of the most popular books for live events? Because there's an emotional connect between the books that are doing well because people have resonated with that content. It's impacted their lives and they become fans or raving fans of that sort of content that's been shared. And we started bringing uh, authors for live public seminars from 2000. And we did that for about 15 years where we'd run six to eight public seminars in each city in the Gulf. And companies would send their top management teams to attend and benefit from these global thought leaders individuals, SME, business owners would come along and attend as well. And we continue that now into the Indian subcontinent. And that's evolved to where we had a speaker bureau come speaker management company where companies would then engage these speakers to then do customized programs. 
obviously the last six months we have to move everything online. Uh, people's attention spans are, are shorter um, and we sort of now move into sort of bite-sized programs of one to three hours, continuous learning, be it webinars, virtual masterclasses, executive coaching. So the business has evolved in the, the style of delivery in the region. Now, technically, you are even more global than ever before with this virtual world. So we always reframe every challenge we've gone through to say, okay, what can we learn from this? And how can we add value and impact more lives? So you started off selling books, but now you've written a book of your own, correct? That's correct. Yeah. After representing and speaking many authors, I've finally become an author myself uh, just about a month back. Excellent. Well, congratulations. Thanks so, very much, Brock. Uh, tell us what, a little bit about the book. Sure. And the book's name is Breaking Bread. And the subtitle is Building Meaningful Relationships for Long-Lasting Success. Um, you know, the title itself, which I believe has been well received by, by friends, family, and even many customers uh, over the last month. Um, and it came about because having been brought up in, in the UK, the term breaking bread is when we have a meal together. And the Indian family culture and even the Middle Eastern family culture, which I've been closely associated with, is everything's about family and food and relationships. So we, you know, as a family come together, they say families that eat together, stay together. And every day we'd have, every evening we'd have our meal together. But on a Sunday um, or a Friday in the Gulf, you know, the extended family or family friends came together. And that's a time when you have a meal, you share your stories of the week, what's working, what's not, you build rapport and sort of build your relationships with each of the family and friends during that, uh, that time. And that's how the book sort of got created because our entire business has been built on the breaking bread philosophy. People ask me, what's your best marketing strategy? Is it radio, newspaper, TV, PR, word of mouth, referral? I said, none of the above. It's breaking bread. And they said, what do you mean? I said, well, we've hosted over 100 dinners, thanks, thanks to my wife, at our home. And we've had our customers come with their spouses, um, our suppliers, our vendors, our partners come home for dinner. When you have a meal and a home-cooked meal, it's, it breaks all the barriers. There's an energy exchange. I mean, if you come and have a home-cooked Indian meal, you feel there's an immediate connection. And sort of that's how we built our business over the 27 years. And hence, I said, it's time to now share this story and inspire people to realize that it's important to have a positive energy exchange and build relationships to have a long, sustainable business success. So I'd like to focus on that, that long-term success. Uh, so this is not a just what's going to get me through the weekend, but this is more career spanning. Um, so what, what are some of the key takeaways that you've had, you know, just what, what have you learned that, that you're sharing with others about it? I mean, it makes sense. You get together, you eat, you exchange, you talk, um, you become personal. I mean, um, get to know each other on a different level than you would just your customer coming into the business. Um, but beyond that, what have you really learned or taken away from it? So what I've taken away that it's, it's actually far deeper than just a meal. Whilst the meal and everything you've shared, I've shared is, is quite, under, quite easy to understand and appreciate when you have a meal with someone you're able to get to know each other personally and professionally. But way beyond that, to me, you can break bread over email, break bread on a call, break bread on social media. In my book, it's talked about breaking bread online. So it's not just a traditional meal. It's a positive energy exchange between two or more people. And to me, in, in the lockdown, when it happened, I immediately wrote, took a blank piece of paper and I wrote down 100 plus people that I want to speak to. 
be it school friends, family members I've not spoken to, past clients, and I, all I did was call to say hello. Now, when you have a conversation on the phone or you in exchange an email, you can be to the point, which is really transactional, and you just call for a specific reason. But actually, when you call for no reason at all, is actually what breaking bread's all about. You're actually just you're having a checking in on them, how they're doing, the language you use. You're 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 sort of having emotions involved in exchange in that communication. And so, to me, my biggest learning is that you know put time and thought and and be personable in every form of communication that you that you do um, on any medium. And that's really what breaking bread is all about. Um, and that shares the authenticity. Um, so, you know, the sort of mindset is it's not transactional, it's collaborative. It's not um, scarcity, it's abundance in your communication style. Um, and someone today just in an earlier call was telling me about email. They're like, we receive emails, they're like one line emails. But when we receive an email from you, Gotham, you, you put a few sentences in there, there's emotion. I can feel happiness, joy, and I just feel good reading your emails. That's breaking bread. I made someone feel good just by reading an email as opposed to just sending a one-line statement about the actual work. And that's really the, the sort of essence of it. Nice. A little bit uh, different approach, a little bit of nuance there. So the, the 100 people, were, were these, I, I'm just curious because I, I think um, that's kind of a cool thought. Were, were they people that you mostly already knew or was, some, was any of it outreach to people you hadn't met yet but did want to meet? One of the calls is someone, a friend of mine, my best friend from university. We'd not spoken for 25 years. Hmm. So it went from someone like that to customers that we'd not spoken to in three, four years to suddenly my school friends. So from school friends to family members I'd not spoken to for a long time, I said, suddenly this is no time like the present to just say hello. How are you? How are you doing? Probably 60, 70% of the calls, people were anxious. They were stressed. They were concerned. They were feeling the uncertainty. They were worried. After the call, they said, Gotham, I just want to thank you for this phone call. You've made me feel better about things. You've reframed this negativity to be a time of reflection, a time of thinking, a time of opportunity to, to slow down and appreciate what we have as opposed to what we don't have. So those were just uplifting calls. 30% of the people who had my kind of mindset of, oh, this is something now, let's, what can we do about this? They were cause of what can we co-create? What can we collaborate? So I would say I spoke to people in over 20 countries in those 100, actually it's crossed 135 phone conversations. I had the book written down with everyone's name. So it was probably over 20 countries um, and it ranged from school friends to, to past employees, to um, customers, to vendors, there was no, it was just, just to connect with people who knew me, even if we'd not spoken for many years. Hmm. Now your company has a, an impressive list of speakers and, you know, Brian Tracy, Marshall Goldsmith, um, the, the list actually goes on for a bit. So how did those relationships come about? So, I mean, you were selling their books and then, but you know, you were in Dubai at the time. That's not like they just, you know, drove across town to come to a seminar for you. So how did you build those relationships out? Well, thanks for asking. Actually, I literally, when I think back, I've not been asked that question. I think that, you know, I really reached out to them with a personal email um, and shared with them that we're based in Dubai. Uh, we have a lot of raving fans for your work. I personally have shared my appreciation of the content that, I, that has impacted my life. I said, you know, let me share it as a raving fan myself. 
and just shared it from the complete um, you know, authenticity of my personal experience, shared with them they've got raving fans in this part of the world, and we'd love to host them for an event whereby you know people can register and attend. And, and they were all game at that time from their business. It was a business opportunity to go to a part of the world they'd never been to, to connect with fans they'd never met. And obviously they were engaged and excited by the sort of emotion that I created of this sort of euphoria and excitement of them coming to this part of the world. Um, what, what happened after that what, is what really made the, the sort of the partnership and the friendship that I have with many of these speakers is because each and every of them had come home for a, for a home meal, met my family and, and spent time. I, I organized a dinner for every event when I invite all our key clients to have dinner and drinks with our speakers. And so they realized that this is not just an event where most of them said, we fly in, we do an event, maybe have a welcome dinner and fly back. They stayed with us anywhere from two days to seven days. And we made sure that it was sort of a roadshow of events, media, dinners, breakfast meetings, lunch meetings. They met CEOs. So they really feel it was a, a journey um, and not just a destination of just an event and fly back. And that's where the, the relationships have grown and grown and grown, strength on, strength on strength. Well, that's a very different approach than when I think of speakers bureaus. You weren't a speakers bureau at that time. You were just putting on, on, on an event. So I, I guess for, for you, I'm just try, trying to think um, that leap from kind of the local bookstore bringing people in to much more of a global international company. Um, what were some of the growing pains there to go from a successful local business to a successful global business? Yeah, I guess, I guess anytime you had a change in your business model, when we started, it was just a bookstore and we distributed books to 50 other outlets on a particular niche. And it was just really, I got to really thank my dad because we uh, complement each other's strengths. And we always asked this one question that he asked me, he said, what new value can we bring to our clients? And we just asked that sort of as a sort of affirmation and a question every day. So our brain would always say, you know, what can we? We come up with ideas because it's in the question. What new value can we bring? So your mind wouldn't say what, what's not working, what, what can you value? And we kept asking ourselves. And then one fine day, you know, we, we were attending other events that were taking place in the region. We said, this is something we can do. So I think at each changing point, so the first one would be, you know, from selling books for 10 years to organizing our first event in those days with a speaker called Bob Uri Chuck and then another speaker called Ron Kaufman. And we did those first events and we invited people who bought books from our bookstore. And we had 130 paid delegates at a hundred, couple hundred US come for our first event. And that was like, wow, there is a, an emotional connect between when a person buys a book. And I sort of connected it to music because I said, I go for concerts, which I could watch on my TV or listened in my car for free. There's an emotional connect between uh, music that I enjoy and I pay to go to that concert in front of 5,000, 10,000, 20,000 people. I don't even get to see the artist. I probably look at the big screen and it's the whole euphoria and the emotional connect. And I said the same sort of thing in the books. Those who appreciate content and have been impacted would be interested. And that's how we started the events uh, sort of side of it back in year 2000. So um, that would have been one, one sort of changing part. The other one was how do we grow from this? We thought people would fly in like other parts of the world, but that model didn't work. So you went through trying things and then what worked great, what didn't work, you said, you know, what else can you do? So we expanded territory wise to bring a speaker and do multiple cities. 
Um, and then, you know, obviously clients started saying, can we have the speaker in house? So I guess each model shifted from one model to the other. So the books suddenly realized we were selling books at the back of other events, Philip Kotler and big events. And we said, well, how about we bring events? Then when we did events, people said to us, could you, could we hire the speaker privately? And I'm like, sure. I asked the speaker and they said, yes. And we were like, that's another model. And then we had come said, I can't afford that speaker. Uh, can you give us a, a licensed trainer who can train on that speaker, but at a price that we can afford? That became another model. And then someone said, why aren't you bringing this to Bahrain, Oman, India? How come you're only doing this in Dubai? So I guess one of the great things is, is we provided so much value that you, and then you listen carefully. You listen to what people are appreciating and how you can leverage and scale and diversify. Um, that would sort of be sort of some of the thoughts that come to mind. Well, you, you know, that question, uh, what new value can we bring? Um, that's a very powerful question as I think about, it. you know, a lot of people talk about the value that they bring, um, but it's easy to get stuck, I think, in, well, here's the value we're bringing. Uh, you know, just that simple word of new. Yes. You know, it, that, that, that totally changes the question because it doesn't allow you to rest on your laurels. It doesn't allow you to say, you know, we're doing great, we bring X, Y, and Z value. It really is, okay, great, we're bringing value, but uh, what's next? You know, <laughs> what, what, what's, what's bigger and better? That it, and it just strikes me how powerful that one little word is. Well, thank, thanks, I really appreciate that. In fact, I, I really must reiterate that it's really asking yourself, your customers, your team, great questions. When you articulate fantastic questions, you will get great answers. And that's one of the greatest things I've learned from a coaching experience from coaches as a coach. And I really feel questioning is really a key part, you know, in, in problem solving, in ideating, in expanding, in any, in any form of the business. I think it's really, really important to ask great questions. Well, as, well, as you've looked around, um, you know, people seem to have this kind of um, reaction if you talk about networking. Um, yeah. which you have not used that word at all. You talk about relationship building, which is sort of the same, yet very different. Um, what do people, from your experience, what do people misunderstand when you start talking about relationship building? Are there any myths out there that are getting in their way of what it is? I'm not sure if there are, there are any myths to my knowledge, but I, I, I'm a big big believer in language as well. So to me, when you use the right language and I say, example, you know, when I think of networking, people think of networking means transaction, selling, uh, business card exchange, uh, make a deal, um, you know, that sort of experience. Those are the words that get associated. Now, when you say relationship building, um, people realize a relationship is not built in one fleeting minute. I mean, even on a personal level, you do not meet your spouse or partner one in one meeting. Those relationships need nurturing. Um, you need patience. You need perseverance. You need to be polite. You need to be positive. You need to have a lot of peace, <laughs> it looks like. But uh, you need to have that because I think that's really important. Um, and so I think it's the distinction in the language where, you know, so collaboration is another word as opposed to, um, and then you say abundance to me, you know, when you have an abundance mindset, then you think about building a relationship. When you have a scarcity mindset, you're like, how do I make, what can I make from this deal? You focus on taking, not on giving. So I think, I think a lot has to do with press pause and, and really un use the right language. 
and understand what you're looking for. And I think networking is definitely a word which is misunderstood in that sense. Yeah, um, you know, in uh, I mentioned that they're kind of same but different, but I, and I think you really highlighted that difference well of, I think networking is often approaches very transactional, very short term. I've met you, I've given you my card and it goes no further. Um, and yet that, that collaboration, that focus on giving, uh, moving it beyond the transactional is, is a key difference, a key distinction. Um, so how do you approach expanding um, your relationship base? Like, do you have any, any particular method to expanding? <laughs> you know, I hate to use the word network now that we've said, yeah, it's not about the transaction, you know, get, getting away from that word, but um, you're certainly in the position to know a lot of people. How do you, how do you go about expanding that? About expanding my business or expanding to relationships? Uh, expanding the relationships, M meeting people that you haven't met before, um, kind of just growing that number from beyond those that you know to those who you want to know or, or should know. Yeah, no, for me, um, you know, if I use the virtual world, because that's what we're in now, more so than ever as an example, but to me, I, I always look at people that I'd like to connect with and find common interests and, and, you know, provide value. So be, you know, liking, commenting, engaging on their posts before making an approach or for example, exactly how Rajesh reached out to me. Um, a Marshall Goldsmith shared a post um, about my book. Then Rajesh saw that he commented on that. I replied it and it led to a zoom call. The zoom call led to me being interviewed on seven different podcasts um, and now we're exploring a collaboration together on something else. So I guess it's all again about providing value um, with the right people and, and being persistent and consistent in providing value. Um, and so the approach you make, it really, he, his first question is, like, Gotham, how can I help you? As opposed to what can you do for me? So mm -hmm. whilst he connected with me, he wrote a nice comment and then explored a call. And then he's, you know, he said, how can I help you? And so in this, in this last six months, I can say I've had at least 30 to 40 great Zoom conversations that came about with people I do not know. And they started between a like and a comment on a post and an engagement on LinkedIn. So, so to me, that is one, one thing is understand whatever business you're in, what's your target market? Who are your dream clients? Um, how do you connect with them? What's your area of expertise? And then start spending time on those platforms, liking, commenting, and sharing, um, and you know, adding value. So that would be my suggestion in, in a, from a LinkedIn online world. Uh, in the offline world, people have asked me, Gotham, when I attend an event, how do I network with people I don't know? How do you network with strangers? I said, you know, the typical person who goes to an event attend an event, has a good meal, uh, sits at the table, listens to the speaker and leaves. They've missed the golden opportunity to break bread at the start. There's registration, there's coffee breaks, there's lunch breaks. I mean, you have one thing in common. You're at a common event. You've come to learn from a speaker or you've come to attend an awards function. Um, you're in the same space. I'm sure you can come up with two, three open-ended questions to ask and build rapport because if you ask great questions and you listen well, you build rapport. This person, wow, that's a great guy or that's a fantastic person I just met. And what did you do? You actually just asked two, three really good questions. That person shared their story, their journey, their perspective, their meaning, um, their opinion. 
and they feel, wow, that's a really nice person. And then you exchange business cards as opposed to some people just exchange business cards running around. That's very sort of hunting as opposed to farming is another way to put it as well. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned that, that, that chance to connect with people. You know, I've attended events as a speaker. I've attended events as a participant. And the speakers always seem to have a deeper connection than the participants because the speakers will sit around and talk about ideas and they'll talk about their presentation and what's got them excited and what they learn from each other. And that they're, you know, just that they're excited to meet the other person. And it seems like the participants often, not all of them, but often just kind of like you say, show up, they sit in their own little world, they take their notes and they kind of leave out the back without ever really connecting with the person next to them, connecting with the speaker, um, expanding their ideas. Um, it, it, and it strikes me, it's just such a different approach. Um, yeah, I pre appreciate that. Thank you. No, I appreciate that because for me, that's exactly what I do. I, I literally would sit at different tables. I may go with someone I know. I'll sit at different tables at lunch, sit with a different table at the breaks, um, in the sessions. So you're constantly surrounded by a small group of four, six, eight people. Um, that are different, you know, so uh, it gives you a chance to network with different people during a day. Yeah. It, it, um... So, you know, as we start wrapping up, I know we've got some time constraints here. Um, anything in the book that we haven't touched on yet? Um, I would say one story that I, I would share from the book that really I trust would resonate with a lot of people is that I acknowledge each one of us has a lot of challenges. We have business challenges, financial challenges, health. Um, we have all sorts of challenges, as everyone does. And when I was in my teenage years in the UK, I went through a very difficult childhood at the age of between 13 and 15. Um, I was bullied, teased, humiliated, and my self-esteem was at rock bottom, very little confidence. I went to my dad and I said, no, please guide me during this very difficult time. Nothing makes any sense. And that experience I know many people go through even till today, be it COVID, be it 9-11, be it any circumstance, we've all been through any global recession. And, I, and he said, I'm going to give you three pieces of advice. And these three pieces of advice are going to help you for the rest of your life. And it has made a profound difference in my life. And I share this in the book. And it said, first and foremost, the two things, change and challenges are constant. Please accept that. No matter where you are in life, realize that change is constant and challenges are constant. It's just a different name. Today, the change is COVID. The challenge is COVID. Last year was something else. Next year will be something else. The three pieces of advice I'm going to give you, you apply these, got them. I guarantee you that you will have a breakthrough to every challenge you go through and a solution to every problem. First, Surround yourself with the right people, people who are like-minded, like-hearted, who uplift you, encourage you, inspire you. Second, keep learning. You need to continuously learn, learn from people, learn from books, learn from blogs, learn from videos, learn from events. And third and most important, which many people don't do, third and most is take action, take massive action. He says it is a absolutely foolproof system, and I've seen it happen. Be it COVID, I quickly wrote down who are all the people I need to speak with? Who are all the people I need to connect with? I said, what do I need to learn? What do I need to relearn? 
about digital. I need to become very friendly with the digital world. I need to learn the webinar world. I need to know how to technology and then take action. Some things will work, some things you'll learn from. And having applied these three strategies really was really how right selection of the business came about because everyone's got challenges. So you're bringing people together, including the speakers, you're inspiring them through education. And then your goal is to inspire them to take action and have a shift in their lives. And to me, that was really one thing I really wanted to share uh, in our time that we have today, because I feel each person out there who listens to this podcast is going through some challenge and, and everyone has a unique challenge of their own. But if they apply these three pieces of advice, I believe that they will have a breakthrough to whatever they're going through. Well, excellent. Um, I, I love that advice. Uh, you know, it's simple, it, it's it's easy, and yet it, it is uh, fairly profound. I, I mean, I just, if I had had that advice as a teenager, um, that would have been very helpful. <laughs> um, and, you know, obviously that, that goes well beyond our teen years, because like you say, we all face challenges. And, yeah. and so, um, you know, I've just been taking notes as we've been talking here and beyond your dad's advice, uh, a couple of things really stand out, you know, the, and this is in no particular order because I was rapidly scribbling as we were talking, but, you know, listening to what people are saying, um, you know, what, what they want, what they're enjoying, what they're not enjoying, uh, asking the question, how, how do we grow for, from this? Um, and of course, the question that we had talked about, you know, just what new value can we bring? And like I said, I love just the power that, of that one word new. Um, and then just the, the approach of sitting down and saying, hey, what, what's 100 people I need to contact? You know, so who do I need to reconnect with? Uh, with absolutely no agenda beyond contacting. And, Correct. Absolutely. You, you know, um, I just, you know, just thinking about it, just what, what difference I'd make if, you know, all of us, all the listeners, me just came up with that list and hundreds a good goal, hundreds, you know, that's quite a few people. That's not just, well, you know, I, I called my best friend and we stopped no, it there. No, I, I literally opened a blank paper and I, I said a hundred and I just kept writing and writing and writing until I reached a hundred. And then I added more after that because it's like when you thought of one particular person, it triggered off some more names. And I just kept adding to the list and I kept ticking it off, ticking it off. And the whole purpose was just saying, how are you? How are you doing? What's working in your life? What's not? Anything I can do to help? You know, and just asking and listening, asking and listening, asking and listening. And it was a phenomenal, phenomenal experience. Phenomenal yeah, experience. I, I can imagine. Um, and I would People suspect- always call for a particular reason. They like, you know, either call for a, for, an in, for, an, for a particular reason, either to invite them for something, good news or bad news, or a particular thing they need or the thing they want to ask. When you call for no reason, it has such a profound, it's so simple. I have a quick example. I called a particular relative and I called him and I said, how are you? And I was just asking about himself. And after five minutes, he said, but Gautam, what did you call me for? And I said, uncle, actually, I called just to say, how are you? And check in on you. And he said, I've never had a call like that. Hmm. He said, people have called me for a particular, like birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, someone's passed away, some particular reason. I've never had a call for no reason at all. Got them. I don't think I can ever forget this call. And I now periodically call that uncle randomly. He said, this is your ha- This is your no reason call. <laughs> and it, did I bring a smile? I said, yeah, I've got no agenda. There is no particular reason just to say hello and check in on you. And that was just one, one classic experience that I had from the, from the calls I made. Nice. Well, where can people uh, find more about you? 
So the, the best way to reach me, a couple of uh, ways that I'd suggest. One is by my name, GotamGanglani.com. Um, that's about my about myself, my journey, the book, etc. So that's just exactly as per the spelling of my name.com. And otherwise, uh, love to connect professionally on LinkedIn. Again, just by my name and the company name is Right Selection. I'll show up on LinkedIn and it'll be an absolute pleasure to connect there. These would be the two uh, sort of easy ways to connect with me. All right. Excellent. And the name of the book was Breaking Bread. And my, my final question, which I always ask guests, is uh, what would your ask be of the audience? How could the listener help you? Wow. That's a, that's a unique question. Well, for me, if my, they could share uh, my book with people who need to learn about relationships, that would be absolutely fantastic. For me, this is my journey, my story, and I'd love, to, love it to impact more and more lives for people who have challenges uh, with this reality of the importance of building relationships. So if my book can help you, your families, your friends, and you could spread that by you know, connecting on this on Amazon, that would be absolutely awesome. Excellent. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, Gotham, this has been great having you on. I say I, I took so many notes. I love the approach. Uh, a little bit inspired by it and need to reach out to a few people myself. Thank you. Thank you very much, Brock. It's been an absolute pleasure and I look forward to continuing breaking bread with you virtually as well.